Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's psalm, Psalm 1. And I'll read again this portion. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to share with you some famous first lines from books. And I want you to see if you can guess which book each one of these lines comes from. Start with an easy one. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. That, of course, is from The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, who also wrote Lord of the Rings. Okay, a little bit harder. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Not that much harder. That, of course, is the first line from A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. You parents, and maybe a number of you children, will recognize this one. In the great green room, there was a telephone and a red balloon. That, of course, is from the wonderful bedtime book, Goodnight Moon, by Margaret Wise Brown. And I bet some of you will recognize this one. Call me Ishmael. That's the first line from Moby Dick. First lines are kind of interesting. Often they, they really set the tone for the entire book, the entire story that follows. We have before us in God's Word this morning a first line. Maybe not as famous as the ones I just read, but, but certainly a first line. It's the first lines of the hymn book for God's Old Testament people. Now, we don't know who the inspired writer of this psalm was. We don't know under what occasion it was written. Uh, we don't know when it was written exactly. But we do know that these six verses really set the tone for the entire book of Psalms that follows, and really, I would say, for the entire life of a Christian. You see, our God is a God of his word, a God who tells the truth. And he wants us to be those who want to hear his truth. He wants us to be those who are eager to listen to his voice. He wants us to be people who delight in his word. He wants us to delight in his word, even though that is not our natural inclination. He wants us to delight in his word because finally that's the only way that we will escape eternal destruction. And he wants us to delight in his word finally because he gives us through that word just one blessing after another. As I said, not our natural inclination to want to listen to God's word, to delight in that word. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, pastor, I'm here this morning, right? I'm sitting in front of you. We're here to listen to the word of God. Yes, thank God for that. Praise him for that. You see, God in his grace has created in you the new man of faith. And that new man of faith is eager to listen to what the Lord has to say. But... At the same time, each and every one of us has a sinful nature, an old Adam. And that old Adam is a grumpy bugger. He wants nothing to do with the word of our God. He doesn't want to hear it. He will do everything that he can to avoid it. In fact, because of that old Adam in us, 
It is our natural inclination to do what's described in our psalm, to walk in step with the wicked, to stand in the way that sinners take, and to sit in the company of mockers. Notice the progression here and how things decline and get worse. First, we walk along with the wicked, in step with them, listening as they give us some really bad advice. Oh, you don't need God. You certainly don't need to be in church on Sunday morning. You don't need to listen to that old dusty book. And then we are standing around with them, maybe standing beside them as they actually put their Bible away on a shelf somewhere and never use it again, as they skip their time in the Lord's house. And finally, we are sitting right there in the place where the mockers are, making fun of those who want to hear God's word, who put the Bible as a priority in their lives. Do you see the danger here? The more comfortable we become with not listening to God's Word, the more comfortable we become with despising preaching in the Word, eventually we can just reject it altogether. If, if we let a famine of the Word come into our hearts, my friends, pretty soon the vine of faith connected to Jesus Christ is going to be disconnected and it's going to shrivel, and it's going to die. Then we really be in league with the wicked. In our text, they are described like this. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. When ancient Israelite farmers separated the grain from the chaff, they would then take that chaff and grain and throw it up into the air together, and the kernels of grain would fall down, but the chaff would be blown away by the breeze. And that was just fine because it's useless. And my friends, that's exactly what we sinners deserve. For our sin of often despising the word of our God, for our lack of attention when it is preached and taught to us, for our lukewarm commitment to hear it and read it on our own, we deserve to be blown away. Blown away from God's presence and his blessings forever. The psalmist tells us that the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. How do we avoid that? How do we avoid such a horrible end? I mean, we're wicked by nature. We are born sinners. How can we possibly hope to avoid this condemnation? How can we hope to stand in the judgment? I want you to listen again to the last verse of the psalm. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So who are these righteous people? They seem to have God's attention and favor. He watches over them. He cares for them. He loves them. Is, are, are these the people who are just really, really good? Just exemplary Christians who always do all the right things? I think you know better. Listen to God's own answer in Romans chapter 1. In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous are those who live by faith. The righteous are those who by God's grace alone trust in Jesus Christ as their only Savior. The righteous are those who trust that the divine Christ came all the way down from his heavenly throne and took on our human flesh and blood to be our substitute. 
The righteous are those who by God's grace alone trust that Jesus lived a perfect, holy, obedient life and that that life now counts for them as if they had lived it. The righteous are those who trust that Jesus has redeemed them, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. The righteous are those who trust that Jesus' bodily resurrection on the third day guarantees their own, guarantees their forgiveness and eternal life forever and ever. My friends, by God's grace, we are the righteous. We and every believer in Jesus, through faith in Jesus Christ, our God now looks at us as holy and perfect in his sight, completely forgiven. I mean, it's as if we've always listened to God's word when we should, with perfect attention. It's as if we've never despised preaching in his word. In fact, my friends, in every way, it's just as if we had never sinned. The righteousness of God is his gift to us through faith in Jesus Christ. And where does this faith come from? Well, you know the answer to that too. Listen to Peter. He said, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. God's word, the gospel, is like a seed implanted in our hearts, nourished by the Holy Spirit, is the seed of the gospel that makes us like those trees planted by streams of water that our psalmist describes. My friends, the word of God, that gospel is more than just the seed. It's also the water and the fertilizer that nourishes that seed in our hearts. It is the power that preserves us in the faith so that we can stand before our God in his judgment, holy and blameless in Christ. Now, if that was the only blessing that God gave us through his word, we would be content. That would be enough. But God gives us so many more blessings. The psalmist describes a believer who is righteous in God's eyes this way, as one who delights in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Think of an apple tree planted by a clear stream. Its roots go down deep into the earth. Its leaves are full and green and lush. Its trunk is thick and strong. And its branches are just covered in fruit. Beautiful, juicy, delicious apples. That's how God pictures the believer who delights in his word, thriving. Maybe you noticed in the psalm that that the psalmist doesn't use the word word. He talks about God's law. Actually, the word that's used is a Hebrew word that has a, a much more general meaning. It simply means teaching. And that teaching includes both the law, the message of, of God's rules and regulations, his commands that points out our sins, but also the gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My friends, the blessing that God gives us through this teaching, through this message, both law and gospel, are simply uncountable. We've already seen how through that word, God calls us to faith in Jesus and makes us holy and pure in his sight, his forgiven children. But my friends, through that word, he gives us all kinds of other blessings. It is through the word that he gives us a real hunger and thirst for that word so that we grow in it. It is through his word that he empowers us to resist the temptations of Satan and society and sinful flesh. 
It is through His Word that He empowers us to do good things, to produce the fruits of faith. Fruits like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It is through the Word that God energizes us to show kindness and compassion to each other and to our neighbors. It is through that Word that God motivates us to respond to His love by returning to Him the first and best of what He's given us, our time, our abilities, and our offerings. It is through the Word that our God gives us the strength that we need to endure the troubles and trials and difficulties, the challenges that come our way in life, always with the confidence that God is going to work everything out for our eternal good. It is through the Word that God actually emboldens us to share the good news, not only with our friends and neighbors here in Manitowoc, but with people throughout the world. And my friends, it is through the Word that God does something that I think is most amazing of all. He gets us to do all these things with a smile on our faces, gladly and willingly, not because we have to, but because in Christ we want to. And all of those amazing things happen only through the Word. They do not happen without the Word. Which leads us to a very simple and obvious conclusion. We need the Word. And we need it to be more in our lives than just an occasional snack. We need that Word to be our three squares a day that feeds us. We need to hear it and read it and study it and take it to heart. That's why we offer these regular worship services where the message of Christ is on center stage in both word and sacrament. That's why we go to the great expense of having a Lutheran elementary school and a Sunday school and confirmation classes where God's word and the message of Christ is always the focus. That's why we offer adult Bible studies like our adult study a little later this morning, our Wednesday morning Bible breakfast, a men's study, a women's study, Bible basics classes for those who are new to the faith. My friends, I encourage you this morning, and I'll even go as far as to say I I beg you, set aside time to be in one of those classes. Come together with your brothers and sisters in the faith for the kind of encouragement and strengthening that only happens around an open Bible. And by all means, continue to read your Bibles in your home. Read your meditations booklets. Have devotions with your family. Use your Bible study apps. Listen to the Bible on CD in your car. Whatever you have to do. In other words, be the people that God has made you to be through his word. Those who are righteous in his sight through faith in Jesus Christ. Those who are eager to listen to his voice. Those who delight in his word. My friends, that word is our life. Because through that word, the Spirit gives us life in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.